0: Dynamic Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater.
1: Ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater, and we have a action-packed show. And Linda, I did it again. I cannot pronounce your name correctly <laughs> to save my life. It's Linda Crater. Blew it right out of the box. But we it's have a great right. show. I know. I, I answer
0: show. to everything. I just love it when your son says, "Mom, it's crater like on the moon." <laughs> Yes,
1: crater like on the moon. We've got that correct. We're going to go to Washington, D.C. with Linda Crater. We're going to go over to London, England today with a fraught sofa. We're going to visit New York City with Linda Franklin. We're going to visit with Kathy Kratke in East Texas and Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles. So we've got a, we're just spanning the globe today. And today's topic is balance. And many of us try to balance things in our lives. I know I fail epically, but Madeline Albright had a great, um, she had a great quote, girls. And she said, women can't do everything at the same time. And we need to understand milestones in our lives come in segments. And this is really important, because I think as women, a lot of times we feel as failures, because we can't do it all. And I think the the perception of the superwoman still stands strong today. And we're going to use these discussions. We've got different beliefs, different cultures, different, um, you know, even different first languages on today's show. And we're going to use these opinions to start discussions. And I, hope that you guys will take this away. Any listener will bring it to their sphere of influence, talk to their friends about what they heard today, because women can change the world and we can change the world one conversation at a time. Today we're having a table of six, so pull up a glass of wine, pull up your Diet Coke a water, whatever it is, sit down and join us for today's discussion on balance. I'd like to open the floor to the first person who comes into the chat and tells me their life is in balance. Does anyone on the call today have their life in balance? Crickets. Yes, there's a
0: thing
1: happening. Okay, that's it, crickets. We're going to go to London and we're going to talk to front Sofer first because she is getting her PhD. She has two children under the age of 12 and she manages a lot. Frat, how do you balance things? Do you even get
2: to get any balance in your day? I think um, balance for me is highly aspirational. I haven't quite reached it. You're always like you I think I always feel like I'm kind of deficient in something. Whereas it's um and so there you never feel like you're completely on top of everything. You can feel completely on top of one thing um so for example i'd feel good about finishing a chapter but then i'd feel guilty about not having spent time with my kids or not doing my homework with them well enough um so balance is very very aspirational but i think it's quite relative i've come to um learn that it's it's a it's a relative thing it's not absolute so you can it's, it's about the small victories really um and so you never achieve a perfect balance. It's, okay, if you can drive to yourself to distraction.
1: Linda Crater in Washington.
0: I agree with Efrat totally. I, I think it is aspirational. But I was told something a while back by someone who I respect. And they said, you know, balancing your days is probably not going to happen. But if you try and balance the seasons of your life You will have more success, feel more fulfilled, and less frustrated. So I have tried to look at it that way, that daily daily balance is very difficult to achieve and challenging. But over time, the seasons of your life, doing the best you can with what you have at the time that you have it, that is achievable. At least it's on the way to aspiration to being balanced on a monthly or weekly or daily basis ultimately.
3: Okay, we're going to Linda Franklin in New York. Well, I think I have my life in balance now. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, good. Um, Because I think as you get older and you might leave a few things um, off your plate, uh, having balance might be a little bit easier. Plus, I'm a Virgo. So uh, I usually have everything sort of scheduled and it, it I don't know, it just kind of works. Um, but again, I you had to drop some things uh, to make the balance even more satisfying. And, and that's what I've done.
4: Okay. We're going to go to Kathy Krafke in East Texas. Well, I'm listening and thinking that I'm picking up words like af- afrot's word aspirational and Linda's word seasonal and, then Linda Franklin suggested we leave things off our plates, and I think that's a really good summary of how we prioritize our lives. And as I've gotten older, so much older now, I find it so much easier for me now to say yes to the things I know are really important to me and no to everything else. And so the word if you wanted one word from me, I would say my word is cherish. I really... Mm-hmm. This older point in life, I really want to cherish the relationships that matter to me and the new people that God brings into my life every day. I want to make sure they understand they have value because they are precious to me and to him.
1: Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
4: Thank you. You know what? Linda mentioned being a Virgo.
5: I have five planets in the house of Virgo, and I have OCD. And, 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 and I'm a type A tripled Um, for me, it's it's consciousness. I have to consciously choose ahead of time, knowing that I can't do it all. We grew up in the, in the revolution that said you can bring home the bacon, fry it Mm. up in a pan. There was a bad commercial around it. Um, You know what? No, we can't. No one can. And it's consciousness. I take a step back and I realize I'm not compromising. I'm consciously choosing me. I'm not saying no to other things. I'm learning to say yes to me that's for me the biggest i think takeaway on this.
2: Uh, if right in london i think i think something that comes to mind from our from our discussion is maybe balancing expectations of ourselves. so um so maybe it's our own kind of high standards um and our own expectations. Whereas, I guess sometimes there are circumstances where we have we have no choice but to just keep going, and it sometimes brings out the best of ourselves. Kind of that that challenge almost elevates us. So there was there was one evening where I had um, several chapters due. And I had to entertain some clients of my husband's and it was a grand kind of dinner and there was nothing I could do about it. So I had to entertain, smile. And then when the guests left to go back to my desk and stay up all night and get my work delivered, There's just, and in a way I think back and think how insane was that? Um, but on the other hand, it kind of teaches you things about yourself, about your own resilience and your own kind of strength that you didn't know you had. So I don't know. It's expectations, and I think not, not overstretching yourself as well.
1: We're going to go to Linda Franklin in New
3: York, who wants to
1: share an Oprah quote.
3: Well, I remember watching Oprah, and uh, they were talking about this, about the balance, and and how do we get it all done, and and and. So many women said, well, we can have it all. But the quote was, we can have it all, but we can't have it all at the same time. So I think that that's very apropos. I mean, thinking that you can balance, you know, 29 balls up in the air, I think is very unrealistic. And I think it probably drives a lot of women crazy. It probably drives a lot of women um, to feel very guilty because they're not doing it all. And honestly, I don't have children. And, you know, I... I had a pretty interesting career, but I don't know how, how women balance, you know, the, the kid thing with the work thing, not so much the tasks, but the, what goes on in their head about, uh, you know, when you're with the kids, I want to be at work. And when I'm at work, I want to be with the kids. And how do you, um, you moms can tell me, how do you do it? So you don't feel guilty all the time. (laughs)
1: I think I'm going to chime in here. This is Sandra, the host. I'm going to chime in and say you feel guilty all the time. You just kind of shove it to the side for the greater good. And I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. But for many of us, going to work is so much easier mm-hmm. than raising Absolutely. kids, and staying mm-hmm. home with them. You know, right. if I'm going to go over to you in London because your kids are the same age as mine, and it's a juggle.
2: Amen to that. It's it's, uh, it's my favourite anecdote is that I could be kind of sifting through thousands of of kind of recently declassified documents. Like these are very important kind of defence documents and things. And suddenly I'd have a picture of minions coming out of my printer because my <laughs> son asked me to call us the minions. So, <laughs> so you know I'd have Kevin and his friends. The minions come out with, you know, these very dense, dense documents of things. So um, it's, it's kind of trying to allay the guilt somehow, too, but you do have to kind of put it to one side and yes, and decide that it is for the greater good. Well, and
1: just for a little clarification, the documents Efrat um, is talking about are recently declassified documents from Israel, and some of them are in what languages that you have to translate?
2: Um, Hebrew, French, Farsi, and sometimes we get the old German. Yes.
1: Okay, so we <laughs> get those languages coming out of your printer along with the minions to color. I think that just about sums <laughs> up. Um, you know the working mom perspective, but I just think there's something innate in us and women, and we're going to talk about this after the commercial break. But there's something innate about us and women that feel responsible for everyone's well-being and happiness around us, and I think that's where the issues of balance comes in. And I'm going to go to Kathy Crafty. We just have a minute, Kathy, to talk about the focus of relationships, you brought that up versus our
4: obligation. So if you can give me about 30 seconds and I'll take us out to commercial break. Well, I, I really appreciate you letting me uh, talk about that briefly. I, I think for women, especially relationships are the key to whether we're happy or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this goes back to our relationship and we're very spiritual creatures. And if we we're, we're not hitting on that moment of, of cherishing the people that are in front of us. I think that makes us uncomfortable and unhappy, I believe. So y'all can see, give me some feedback and tell me what you think about that perspective
1: will do we'll come back from the commercial break we are here with our party of six our topic is balance we've got ifrat sofer from london linda crater in washington dc linda franklin representing new york city kathy krafke from east texas kimberly rinaldi from los angeles and i'm your host sandra beck and if you like this episode you can check more episodes out like this on dynamicwomentalkradio.com we'll be more with relationships after
0: the break mm-hmm. We're dead. Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
3: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
3: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: Thinking before drinking is good advice. Most of our favorite drinks are loaded with calories. Whether it's our much-loved soda, coffee drink, or energy drink, we are drinking a large portion of our calories every day. Liquid calories now account for a whopping 21% of our daily calorie intake. That is equal to 400 calories a day, and is two times more than we drank 30 years ago. Pure water has zero calories, and the importance is an undeniable fact. The trend has been to drink bottled water, But research has proven that bottled water isn't any better than the water that comes from your tap. Women's Health Magazine says that 40% of all bottled water is taken from municipal water sources. Don't be afraid to save money or time and get your water from your tap. Be sure to think before you drink. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
1: Welcome back to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Beck, along with Linda Crater. And we're visiting today with Frat in London, Linda in New York City, Kathy Kravke in East Texas, and Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles. The topic today is balance. And we talked a little bit about uh, with Kathy before break about Um, relationships and the relationships being a priority in our lives and how that sometimes clashes with our ability to prioritize and kind of control things. So I want to go down the control road for a second because you guys are all dynamic, powerful women, okay, without a shadow of a doubt. You guys come on the show. You're willing to share personal information. You're willing to do these things. That requires an element of control, self control, and controlling your environment to a certain level in order to be successful. And I think one of the criticisms of powerful women is that they tend to be controlling. Now a man could be controlling and he'd be seen as powerful. A women, women seen as controlling generally get a negative or pejorative view on that. So I want to talk about right now about control or what we believe control is. I'm going to go to Linda Franklin in New York City first <laughs> to talk about Perception of control and control, because, Linda, we've talked for hours about letting go of control and how do we do that. Share us some insight on control or the perception of control.
3: Well, as as you said, we're all pretty um, successful, dynamic women. And I think a part of that, a part that goes along with that is believing that we are in control you know and other people see us as controlling i always felt very controlling because i wanted to mold the situation the way i wanted it to be and that's you know that's kind of stressful too because you're always going to get uh people that, <laughs> that don't agree with you but as i've grown older and hopefully wiser and, and Uh, cultivated some new friends, I'm realizing that we absolutely have zero control over anything, absolutely nothing. So in order to be happier, to sort of go with the flow, we have to let go of that perceived control we think we have. And believe it or not, when we do that, things go even smoother and I think that control is probably based in fear, and the fear is if I give up this control, holy God, what's going to happen to me? It's it's going to be chaos. But that isn't the way it works. So to learn that lesson um, and then use it in your life every day, it's quite interesting and quite inspiring.
1: Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
3: You know, I have to agree with Linda on that. I grew
5: up in really. Um, just unhealthy circumstances and safety was not a priority as a child. So you grew up believing that you have to control everything around you. I'm going to say not only do you find that perception of control outside of you if you turn it around and realize you can only control your response to circumstances and sort of slide that inward from the external perspective, tagging and sort of dovetailing into relationships when you also realize the longest relationship you're going to have in life is you. From the moment I was born until the moment I die, I'm going to be Kimberly. I'm going to play roles. Daughter, sister, wife, girlfriend, best friend, toilet bowl cleaner, whatever it is. And those roles overlap, but until I develop that healthy relationship with myself, I'm not going to find any of these things that I'm seeking, including balance. And I think, again, it's, it's that perception from the external, moving it to the internal, makes all the difference in the world.
1: Excellent. We're going to go to a front sofa in London.
2: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I think the thing that I've learned most, especially recently, I, I was raised not being able to control much so i've had to kind of evolve and seek some sort of control you know over my own kind of evolution and process and learning and achievements and uh, kind of you know i was raised to um be very very ambitious um but along with that i've had to learn to um to kind of um to not be overly critical of what I was doing. Um, and I've learned, a, especially recently, um, a certain level of trust in the universe that you can't control everything. And I don't want to kind of to sound too new age about it, but maybe it's, it's to do with faith, to, to do with your faith, or it really is a leap of faith to kind of let go of control, have faith. And oddly, that's when you feel most, in control of your responses and of what you're doing and of the path that you've chosen. Um, Yeah, totally agree.
0: Linda Crater from Washington, D.C. You know, I I feel very blessed that I grew up in a very safe environment and relationship. So for me, as adulthood brought the inevitable, oh, you know, some were mountains, uh, some were um, Kilimanjaro, it came as a shock in later life, some of these things, and I felt ill-prepared, and that's when I tried to control things, but I did learn very early on that I had to surrender because I was in control of nothing, and it was so freeing when I did surrender, much as Linda Franklin mentioned earlier, because by surrendering control and Tuning into the moment as it was, I was able to cherish the moments I was in. I wasn't always very good at it; I was still learning along the way. But I, I found that surrender allowed me to give up that control, and it grew to be a stable environment again.
1: We'll go to Kathy Crafty
0: in East Texas.
4: Well, I'm I'm just chuckling because I know I must have issues with this, as grown up as I think I am now, and. I think one of the biggest shocks for me after 50 is I thought I would be wise. And it turns out I'm still myself. I I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate what Kimberly Rinaldi said about the longest relationship we have is with ourselves. I just thought I'd be wiser now. But I know I must have an issue with control still because it's probably been in the last five years my daughter. I have these wonderful grown-up children now, and they give me great advice. And they know me so well. One of my daughters told me, Mom, you should maybe consider this. Instead of telling people what to do, you could say, have you considered blah, blah, blah? And that would just be a new way to phrase your your opinions. And I went, oh, my gosh, she just used that on me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so transformative so to me. I use it all the time now. Have you considered blah, blah,
1: blah? Kimberly yeah. Rinaldi from Los Angeles. You
4: know,
5: we lost Wayne Dyer, who was an amazing psychologist and, and behavioral and transformational thought leader um, about 15 months ago. And one of the things I saw him speak probably a dozen times over the years live, one of the things that he touched on was whether it's faith or genetics or whatever you want to believe in. We come into this world and for nine months, we control nothing. Mm-hmm. For 40 weeks, we develop from a single cell into the amazing beings that we are controlling absolutely nothing. And then through behavior and parenting and all those other fabulous things we're exposed to, all of a sudden we define this need to control the minutia in our worlds. For, for 40 weeks we developed into who we are. So, when you look at that and when you understand from a philosophical perspective, every exhale has the potential for non-life, you're giving up control millions of times a day. Step into it and understand that the inherent who you are extends beyond this and you have everything you need within you. Again, I still I keep going back to that
1: self-ness that you are, the magnificence that you are. Linda Franklin from New York City.
3: Yeah, I just want to, you know, to get it really real for all the women listening to this show. Uh, control is something that we hold on to like it's a lifeline. And making the conscious decision to let it go, it just doesn't disappear like mm-hmm. overnight. It is something consciously we have to work on. So, you know, if you're saying, well, I'm going to give up control and the next day you're controlling everything, Don't be hard on yourself because it is a process. And I think the first thing that you have to realize is how and when you're doing it. And the more that you become aware of it, more conscious of it, it will, you know, slowly but surely, it will break away. But it certainly isn't an an overnight effect. So, you know, again, don't be hard on yourself. I think that's really key. Kathy Krafke,
4: East Texas. Yeah, I love that thought about giving ourselves some grace and just being kind to ourselves. It's so okay. important. And Absolutely. I think for me that the biggest part of cherishing other people is as an older person, I just respect and love the free will that people get to choose. They get to make their choices. And, and I've come to appreciate that God has given me a lot of room to make my own cho- choices. And, and then if I extend that grace to other people, it's so Beautiful.
1: Well, and we're going to extend that grace to everyone listening today because I think, you know, these things that we talk about are... A lot of times we don't talk about them like we're talking about our dinner party today, our dinner party of six, and we can have this conversation. But these topics don't generally come up with, you know, PTA meetings or birthday parties out or, you know, dinner parties in general, especially in mixed company. So I want to thank everybody today for their candor and for their honesty, because part of what we do here at Dynamic Women Talk Radio is that we really validate comfort, we support, we encourage women to speak up, to have a voice, to share their feelings and share their thoughts. Because one of the things we learned most eloquently today from all our guests is that we are not alone. We feel the same feelings. We struggle with the same issues. And it doesn't matter if you're childless by choice or, you know, you have a passel of kids or you're single or married. These are women's issues that we face. Overload, overwork, control, um, not being kind enough to ourselves. We can be so kind to others but not extend that kindness to ourselves. And these are some of the, the themes that we're talking about today. And we're going to go to commercial break, but I'd like to honor our guests uh, for a second here Afrat Sofer in London, Linda Crater in Washington, D.C., Linda Franklin in New York City, Kathy Krafke representing East Texas, and Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about the issue of balance and control. We're going to give some tips, tricks, and techniques to uh, our listeners, and we're going to share them amongst ourselves because great ideas deserve to be heard. We're going to come back from commercial break. And for more shows like this, go to DynamicWomenTalkRadio.com. More after the break.
0: We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
7: a long time that diamonds are precious or worth a lot of rumors. That means money. Did you ever wonder how a polished pebble becomes one of the most expensive things on earth? Two centuries ago, diamonds were worn only by royalty. But in 1870, miners discovered huge deposits of diamonds in South Africa. And soon after, the diamond market was flooded. That's when a man named Cecil Rhodes started buying up shares of the diamond mines. Eighteen years later, Rhodes controlled the entire South African supply of diamonds. He started his own newspaper and magazine articles with clever ad campaigns about cut, clarity, color, and carrot. He also convinced women that they weren't truly engaged to be married without a diamond ring. It's words, you words. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny
3: for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: Do you enjoy push-ups, lunges, crunches, and pull-ups? Does a workout full of intense mix of strength training and aerobic elements thrill you? If you like vigorous workouts with bursts of forceful activity alternated with intervals of lighter activity, check out boot camps in your area. Boot camps are popping up everywhere, from parks to schools to YMCA's. The popularity of this workout is building, and more Americans are heading to boot camps for their fitness. The Mayo Clinic reports that the average exerciser burns approximately 9.8 calories per minute during a typical boot camp workout, which makes it a good activity if you're trying to lose weight. It also helps with endurance. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
1: fraught in London, Linda Franklin in New York City, Kathy Crafty in East Texas, and Kimberly Rinaldi from Los Angeles. Now, if you're just joining today's call, I want you to sit down, grab a glass of wine. We've got a party of six today at our table, and we are talking about balance and control. And as promised this is our tips tricks and techniques portion of the show where the ladies are going to share some of their best practices so that we can all grow together and we can all share in their experiences and what they've learned from them i'm going to go to kathy Kraftke first in east texas where she's going to tell us what her best trip trick or technique is in the kind of the pursuit of balance and control and grace i
4: love i love it that you Let me start with, because I have this wonderful hymn that we sing on Sunday at church. I I go to this little African-American church. I'm a member there in my neighborhood, and we start the hymns. I I wish I could sing, but I can't. But it says, he woke me up this morning, and he started me on my way. The Lord is blessing me right now. And so I try to remember to sing that every morning, and that helps me know that my priorities are going to have a, a perspective that I'll be comfortable with if I can stick to them throughout the rest of the day.
1: Okay, we're going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles.
4: I was
5: 12 years old when I first painted on a wall um, in my bedroom and it was not graffiti. I actually painted an, a quote from Emerson and I still live by it as much as I can. And basically, I'm going to paraphrase it. Some of the hurts you've cured... And the sharpest you still have survived, but what torments of grief you've endured from the evil which never arrived. Um, It's a waste of energy Mm. to worry. It's a waste of energy to go into that space because as humans, we make it bigger than it ever needs to be. And it doesn't resolve anything. The bottom line is you're going to get there when you get there. Address the energy, the consciousness, the presence, the moment when you're there. Don't waste energy on it. Twelve years old. I've carried it with me thirty-eight years.
3: Wow. Linda Franklin, New York City. I I
1: think
3: that I think that you really have to tune into yourself. And the way I, I think of things is if I'm doing something and I it really feels good, then I know I'm on the right track. But on the other hand, if I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing, I don't, you know, you kind of get that heavy feeling in your chest or in that stomach. And you have to pay attention to that because I think that that's very important. We are our own best guides to, you know, to how we feel and what we're doing. And I heard something really, really interesting this morning. um, And I think that I have to start paying attention to this. When you're feeling anxious or you're worried or you're not feeling well, You've got to say, is this mine or am I picking up somebody else's? And I think that, that that was really important for me to hear this morning. And so that's why I'm sharing it with you, because is is this what I'm feeling mine or is it somebody else's? And if it's not mine, then I have to let it go. If it is mine, then I have to, you know, then I have to dig deeper to say, you know, what's going on and how can I fix it?
4: Kathy Kraftke, East Texas. Well, I just love it that you said that. that. That's been such a struggle for me my whole life to recognize where my responsibility ends and and how much of it is actually mine. So I, I just appreciate you sharing that. I think most women struggle with that. We, we all do. But, but it helps for me to think about life in the long view At the, so that it. So today I do the best I can to follow the map that I think makes sense for me and my priorities today. But, of course, you you start the day, and before you know it, something has interjected itself that you weren't expecting, and it's usually a person. And so I want to feel good at the end of the day, and I want to give that person the attention they deserve and need. But I also need to have limits and boundaries. I, I think that's been the biggest challenge for me is to find the balance of how much time do I need to give people to respect and honor them and, and still make sure that I maintain my sense of balance and who I am and my priorities?
0: Linda Crater, Washington, D.C. You know, I, I love listening to all these women. It's, it's such an affirming moment to to hear that everybody has these same thoughts. I, I like to put them in the if I knew then category because looking back at my younger self, I'll call it Linda 1.0. I happen to like Linda 2.0 a lot better because I have learned to cherish the relationships, conserve the energy, but most importantly, to insert and, and squeeze in more joy and simplify life. It. I ask myself, will it matter three weeks from now? And if it's something I truly want to do, I will say, well, if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Because we are only given a certain number of minutes on this earth, and I would like mine to matter. And so I don't want to waste it on the minutiae, or as um, Linda Franklin talked about, the energy of other people sometimes gets spun up into our own. And and so I tell myself, is this my circus and my monkeys? And if it's not, then I'm not going to go there. So I really do believe in in moments you have, conserving the energy and, and focusing on what will matter for you. Efrat Sofer, London, England. I absolutely,
2: absolutely agree to that and, and to kind of um, to prioritize yourself sometimes over other people that you have to you know, to make happy. So yes, one's children are the absolute priority but I mean, if, if you become unhealthy or anything like that, then everything mm-hmm. else goes down. So um, that that's where I finally learned that um, kind of that, that's the secret to everything else running smoothly. And um, I w- I, and to follow your intuition on that, because I think if you, you tune into that, then things go a lot more smoothly. And um, I wanted to share... A, Kind of a quote from someone that I've been studying for the past few years, um, David Ben Gurion, um, Israel's first prime minister, and he said that in order to be a realist, you must believe in miracles. Um, So, so there are tricks to create time, to um, tap into your support network, to ask friend for a leg up of something because i i I feel that we meet people for a reason so Mm -hmm. the most unlikely person might have some very very valuable information or advice and to almost rely on other people as well for their own strengths which ties into the whole control um the control issue where we where we learn to rely on other people for help that it's not an admission of weakness; it's it shows your strength in a way. Linda Franklin. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, Kimberly Rinaldi, Los
5: Angeles.
2: Thanks. Um, you know, it it
5: circling back to the boundaries issue as women, and I don't have children, but one of the things that I see more often than not is women wanting to resolve things for everyone around them, and understanding where you end and others begin. And doing it with kindness so you don't feel that you're hurting yourself by not stepping in or harming others or stepping into, we'll call it their karma, their dharma, whatever you want to believe in. Um, one of the tools that I found is acknowledging their difficulty. I understand that's really hard for you. I, if I could do something to fix this, I so would. But then giving it back to them gently as a gift. More importantly, What are you going to do about this? I find that to be one of the most powerful tools that I've been able to use so that I feel honored, they feel honored, and I don't feel like
3: I have to continue fixing things for people.
1: Linda Franklin, New York City.
3: Well, I have to agree with Kimberly. That's what I was going to say. Um, as you as you go through life, I think you realize more and more that you don't have the ability to change anybody but yourself, mm-hmm. and you can go crazy trying to try. Um, so just focus on yourself. Uh, y- yes, we can help people. We can give them gentle suggestions, and I think the best example that people Uh, look at is the way you conduct yourself not so much the words that you say but your own behavior so if we can just go like that have boundaries and really respect our own boundaries and let's not get into um, everybody else's space all the time trying to fix them because we can't and I think that's a really good lesson especially for women who are such caregivers
1: well, and I'm going to throw this out to one of the moms here. I'm going to go to Efrat and then Linda very quickly. I get the fixing part, but how do you how do you not fix your kids? Like, where's the boundary for that? Because I'm finding it changes as the kids grow up.
2: Efrat. It's, it's such a, a, a balance, again. And I think, in a way, you have to trust your kids. Um, again, leap of faith to trust your kids to... To do the right thing and to um, to develop at the right time, so for example my my son has um, like school exams, and so I think you give them the help the guidance, you act as an example, you show that you're hard working as well, but in a way, you have to kind of let them develop as well um, so you don't so you don't control them you're in more in control of the situation so you can you know you can sit and you can help them out but you can't actually do it for them um and it's it's having faith in your kids and again what um one of the other very very wise ladies said you can actually learn from your own kids i've, I've learned so much from my from my little boys where they have a sense of perspective on things that sometimes we tend to lose sight of because we're juggling so many balls in the air.
1: Excellent. I'm going to take us to commercial break. I'd like to thank our guests today, Efrat Sofer from London, Linda Crater, Washington, D.C., Linda Franklin, New York City, Kathy Crafty East Texas, and Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles. I think these tips, tricks, and techniques, had I learned them 20 years ago, I think I would have had a different outcome from what I um, experience now. I think we all can. And this is part of the like modern-day quilting club, if you will. In When I was a little girl, women got together, and they they quilted and they talked about children and life and husbands and boyfriends and and you know recipes and and we've become on dynamic women talk radio a modern day quilting club only we're stitching things together electronically now when we come back from the break we're going to talk more with these wise women these dynamic women About what we need to do to live our best possible life with what we're given. So, we're going to be very inspirational next segment. You're not going to want to miss it. Come back after the break.
0: We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
7: Day has been celebrated in different ways around the world. In Italy, one tradition suggests that the first man a single woman sees on Valentine's Day was the man she would eventually marry. What's a word for the first person you see after you leave the house in the morning? A qual tag. In South Africa, some women pin the name of their love interest on their shirt sleeves, following an ancient Roman tradition known as Lupercalia. This is how South African men learn of their secret admirers. In America, it is widely believed that if women don't receive a gift of candy, flowers, or a card from their guy on Valentine's Day, he's probably going to get dumped. This is usually the cause for a charrette or an 11th hour effort by men to buy their woman a Valentine's gift.
2: It's
7: Marching I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard
6: vocabulary with my free app Too Funny for Words.
3: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
6: Harvard Medical School reports that over 800,000 Americans have hip or knee replacement each year. It's better to stick with your own joint rather than having it replaced because the average joint that's replaced only lasts 10 to 15 years. So having the surgery done at age 50 instead of 70 means there's a good chance you'll need a second surgery when you are older and at higher risk for complications. They recommend that you take care when using your joints. And if you do have joint problems, try non-surgical approaches before turning to surgery. Your doctor may choose to use steroids or lubricating fluid injections to help ease the pain. But they say the most important thing you can do to care for your joints is lose weight. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at annettehammond.com.
1: Have been in my life for a greater or lesser extent um, during my child raising years, bearing my mother, handling my 80 year old dad in my household, and building my multimedia business. And they've given me expert du- advice and direction. And one of the things that these ladies have done for me is give me permission to do the things that I was either culturally programmed or programmed as a child, or I took on my own. To- belief system. And one of those was the the belief that I couldn't say no, that no was somehow a bad word. And so I'm going to grant everyone listening today and everyone in my panel of experts here the permission to say no. No is not a bad word. No is just a boundary. And it, it allows you to function in a way that keeps you going. So for me, one of the big learning curves that I had, I'm going to honor Linda, Linda Franklin with this one, is she drilled into my head, it took me about a year to really get it, Linda, but it was that I could say no, that no was not a dirty word, so I'm giving everyone permission today to say no. Now, I'm going to go to Kathy Kraftke first in East Texas, and she's going to give us another permission that she learned in her life that has made her life better, so she can live the life she wants. Kathy Kraftke, East Texas.
4: Well, I love your permission to say no, and I had to do it this morning. But also, this kind of combines with the one I was going to suggest, that we give other people permission to be adults and we don't babysit adults. For instance, uh, just an example, my son sprained his wrist over the holidays home from college. And I know he's an adult, but I'm a mom and I just want to baby him while he's home, right? But he needed to go get an x-ray and he wanted me to go with him this morning, but I had this scheduled. So... I told him no, and as much as I wanted to, and I thought to myself, he's 20. He's an adult. I don't need to be there, and I didn't make plans to meet him for lunch, though, I have to admit.
3: (laughs) So, Okay, we're
1: going to go from Kathy Crafty over to Linda Franklin.
3: Okay, after the no thing, I think what women really need to hear is don't be afraid to ask for what you want. So many women are, you know, just hang back, you know, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, and they're afraid to have a voice just to ask for what they want. And I always say, ask for what you want. The worst thing that can happen is somebody is going to say no. And ladies, you can handle no, but at least you knew that you, you, you asked for it. You know, they heard you. You had a voice. I think that's really important. I think that's very important.
1: Uh, Linda Crater.
0: I love that. Ask for what you want. I think that's extremely important. And I also really like Kathy's stop rescuing everyone. I do think that's a propensity that many women have, um, me included. And you have to learn not to do that. I guess my tip would be that it, it, piggybacks on something that linda franklin said earlier changing others is is really not in our control but we can change ourselves so the one thing that i try and do each day is that i make a choice to make this day a, a good day a happy day one that is positive it doesn't always turn out that way but if i make the choice to look at the day that way it often turns out that it blesses me just that way Wow, that is so
1: powerful. Um, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go to um, Ifrat. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to go to Kathy Crafty. My mistake, Kathy. Oh no. Who, who's next? Somebody's gotta help me. <laughs> out here. I blew this one. You know, we, let's see. How about Ifrat? Let's go to Ifrat in London.
2: Okay. Following on, um, I think it's, it's give yourself the permission to, to trust the process to trust the kind of the path and why we're here on this earth Um, and to trust our, our own kind of um, our process and what we need to learn and to take care of yourself, the same as you take care of, of, of everybody else. I mean, that's quite some, someone once, a doctor actually once told me that and I thought and that made me think for a while because that would never have occurred to me. Um, to sometimes i think we need to take care of ourselves in the same way as we take care of others
1: kimberly rinaldi los angeles
2: you know
5: tagging on to a fraught with that be selfish and i'm putting selfish in air quotes it's about putting yourself first um you know whether it's it's the airlines when the oxygen masks drop, take care of you before your child, or you want to call it empty pitcher syndrome, you can't fill another's glass with an empty pitcher. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to the very topic we started with as women. If we don't take care of ourselves first,
3: we have nothing left to give.
1: Okay, Linda Franklin in New York.
3: All right. Just uh, to end this conversation, I just think if we if we discover who we really are, what makes us happy, um, I think that that's the secret you know, to life. Just learn as much as you can about each other. Keep expanding, expanding your consciousness. Um, you're it's going to work for you. Uh, don't try to emulate anybody else. Don't look around and say, I wish I could be her. I wish I could be him. I wish I could do this. Stop it. Just appreciate yourself who you are, and who you can grow to be.
1: One of the things I think that when we talk about appreciating ourselves, I think that's something that that comes with age. I think I really liked myself in my 20s, and then by the time I got to my 40s, I think life had beaten me up enough that I had to go back and kind of restructure myself. I'm going to ask Linda Crater if that happened to her, and then I'm going to go to Efrat Sofer next.
0: Well, I think you already know that it it absolutely applies to me. And that's why I say I like the Linda I am today versus the one I was before. There would be others who would look really askance at that and say, but, but, you had this, 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 and this. Uh, I'm the first to say that stuff doesn't make you happy and that growing into knowing who you really are, what's your purpose in life what's good to give, what's good to keep, um, are all lessons that you can only learn from being young and foolish. And I'm grateful that some of them I've learned. I do know that God has had to hit me in the head with a two-by-four a couple of times when I wasn't learning what I would believe I was supposed to learn. Um, But eventually, you do grow. And yes, it was that way. Um, the, The 40s were very difficult, but the 50s were good.
1: Good, good. That's good to hear. Ifrat Sofer, let's talk about why did you choose to get your PhD post 40? Is that part of your purpose and your identity? And it's certainly not under self-care in a traditional way, it's adding work on while your kids are going <laughs> to work.
2: <laughs> it feels more like self-harm in some days. Mm-hmm. Some days. Um, well, I, I'm hoping I'll complete before I turn 40. I'm 39. So, um, Hopefully, I won't be post 40 and still doing this. But I'm significantly older than my than most of my colleagues. Um, and this, oddly, was doing my PhD was something that I, that was one of my biggest wishes um, when I was in my teens. It was something that I always wanted to do, and I always felt that it was part of my purpose. Um, I was persuaded to go into law and became a lawyer and worked as a lawyer for a few years. But I felt that it, it wasn't my purpose and had nothing to do with my, my identity. Um, and then when I, when I began the process of my PhD, I was um, quite starry-eyed, quite idealistic. Um, and the process um, made me get a lot more real. And, um, and I think in a way that pulled, pulled my, my original personality out of me in a more kind of, um, grown up in a more, um, realistic way, which meant that I could face challenges from professors, from all sorts of people that I faced and, um, and, and really made connected me to my own identity and my subject matter has to do with my family's history. So in a way I felt that that was kind of pushing me along as well. So, um, that was, that gave me the, the biggest source of strength, um, when it felt more like self harm than self care. So I always go back to that original intention of why I'm, I'm kind of, have been on this journey when I was so much older than everybody else. And so it's not, it's not a race. It's not a race to achieve your goals. It's, you get there when when you get there and when the time is right.
1: kathy krafke you have more from east texas to add on self-care
4: well i just started a list of self-care ways to take care of ourselves because i remember as a younger woman women would tell me to take care of myself and i had no idea what they were talking about and i had toddlers and uh, you know meals to prepare and work and i i just had no idea what they meant so I started a list, and I'll make that available if you like. I, I, but I want to go back and make sure I put on there what if Rot basically said, and that is make sure you do pursue your own dreams in life. It's so important as women that we understand our purpose and that we make steps in the direction of fulfilling our purpose over a lifetime.
0: It's so important. Linda Crater, uh, Washington, D.C., I would say that life is a journey, and I loved what Afrat said about it's not a race. And as a lifelong sailboat sailor, I have often felt that the journey is the most important part. So try and savor the journey by taking care of yourself with the things that you know you should be doing and could be doing, because it's possible. You can carve out that time for you if you only believe that you're important enough to warrant it know that you are important
1: i think one of the things that i've learned you know in raising children and you know i've got three dogs like an old man in my house i took care of my mom when she was dying um is that i'm the only one who can can set the standard for taking care of myself nobody else in my life is going to jump in i mean you guys you're dynamic women you guys Absolutely. have come in and taken care of me in many many different ways many many different times in my life and I honor that and value that but realistically at the end of the day we are the only ones who can truly take care of ourselves we're the only ones who truly know what we need our friends can support us in that journey I love Ifrat's comment my favorite comment of the day is it's not a race and Mm -hmm. I think with the competitiveness and the speed of social media and texting and all this immediacy we feel this additional pressure as women to win the race and I think it's important to learn from everyone here today. I want to thank Efrat and Linda and Linda and Kathy and Kimberly, because you guys are the standard of excellence that I hold myself up to. I'm so thankful. Dynamicwomentalkradio.com for more shows like this. We'll see you again
0: next week. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. And join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Talk